0: So, we're going to jump right into it, okay? All right. Uh, Colossians chapter number 3, and uh, this is a parallel passage to Ephesians chapter 4 when it talks about, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, This is a, a parallel teaching with that, and the same things that are the result of being filled with the Spirit in Ephesians are the same things that are the result of... Um, letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. And so we find that they're two sides of the same coin. You, you, they're, they're not able to be separated. Um, to be uh, letting the Holy Spirit have uh, absolute control of us and uh, to be filled with Him is the, the phraseology that Paul uses in Ephesians. And to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom are, are literally two intertwined truths. Uh, You cannot do one without the other. They both have to be there. And uh, so in verse number 16, he's dealing with this issue. And he says this, "...let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord." And um, I want to give you some things uh, regarding this phrase, this idea of letting the Word of God dwell in you richly with all wisdom. And uh, I'm going to give you four things this afternoon, Lord willing, and unless I think of some more, and then we'll give you some more of them. Uh, we're going to give you four things that I believe uh, the Bible teaches very clearly uh, regarding God's Word and how we go about letting the Word of God dwell in us richly with all wisdom. What does that mean to do that? We, we hear it preached on, and we may even come to an altar and say, Lord, I want to let the Word of Christ dwell in me uh, richly with all wisdom. But how do we go about doing this? What's the process? What are the practical steps that we can take to accomplish this in our lives? If this is something that goes along with being filled with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, then we want to know how we accomplish it. And I was in a meeting a number of years ago. I think it was Brother Tom Sexton was preaching, I believe, at the time. And he made a statement that I'll never forget. He said, so often our preaching is on why we ought to do something. And uh, what we ought to do. So the why and the what is usually about 90% of what we preach on from God's Word. He said the problem is we don't preach a whole lot on how. And a lot of people get stirred by the Holy Spirit and God brings conviction to their heart and they make a decision that they're going to do something and then they have no idea how to accomplish it. And I understand that, that if we're sincere about it, the Holy Spirit will help us in accomplishing that in our lives. But oftentimes the Bible also gives us the instruction of how to accomplish that in our lives. And it's very important that we know this. so uh, I'm going to give you four things. let's uh, keep your Bibles handy. We're going to look at several scriptures regarding how we accomplish this thing of letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom. And uh, so let's turn first of all to Matthew chapter number 13, Matthew chapter number 13. <clears throat> And very short verse, uh, verse number 9, very simple. The Bible says, uh, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. (laughs) One of the ways that we let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom is we need to be able to hear the Word of God. Uh, That can be done by listening to it being read or by reading it ourselves. Both of them would give us the idea of hearing the Word of God. Uh, it's interesting to me how oftentimes we teach about walking, um, walking with God and uh, how we ought to study and know the Word of God. And one of the most simple things that is, it should go without saying, but oftentimes is neglected is we don't spend time reading and hearing God's Word. Uh, just taking a few moments to read through, its, excuse me, through its pages carefully uh, each day and spending time meditating upon it listening to it, and, and probably one of the most neglected graces in our Christian lives today is the thing of taking the time to read the Word of God, uh, to, to allow it to, to become knowledge in our minds and to be able to grasp it. And um, it's impossible for you and I to accomplish what Paul told the Colossians to do, the churches in Colossae to do, uh, the, to, to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom, if we don't spend time reading and listening to the Word of God, I think it's important for a Christian to literally saturate our lives with God's Word. We ought to spend time reading it. We ought to spend time listening to it. If you can uh, get some of these places that have it recorded and turn it on if you're busy working, put it on and listen to it. Listen to preaching uh, on the Word of God. Good preaching. Make sure it's doctrinally sound preaching. And be careful. Let me just, I'm going to give you a word of warning. Be careful. What you read on the Internet, there is so much uh, false teaching, false doctrine on the Internet. Probably one of the most prevalent uh, ways of Satan dispersing false ideas and doctrine of God's Word is through the Internet. Be very, very careful. I'm not saying that there's not some good stuff on there, because there is. But you've got to have some solid foundation in God's Word to be able to discern what is right teaching and wrong teaching. But if we're going to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom, it it kind of goes without saying, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, We need to make this thing of hearing God's Word, reading God's Word, getting it into our hearts and into our minds, a matter of of priority. Uh, I don't think you can read too much of God's Word. Uh, In fact, the Bible talks about the fact that it has a cleansing effect on us. And the more we read it, the more it will help us to... Uh, stay away from sin and to deliver us from sin and to keep us from sin. And uh, I found this to be true in my life that when you're reading Scripture and or studying Scripture or listening to something being preached on, it's really hard to sin while that's going on Uh, because your mind is not on those things. Your mind is on the things of the Lord. And uh, so one of the first things we need to do is to be able to hear the Word of God. And that, I think, includes reading it uh, listening to it, listening to it being preached, and those sorts of things. The second one is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we've used this verse many, many times. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and uh, many of you could probably even quote this one. And chapter, number, uh, or verse, chapter 2, verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman. "...that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." And I would say, secondly, we need to learn to handle God's word skillfully. We need to have a working knowledge of it. Um, I, my brain is, I, if your brain is like mine is, it's like a, a sponge. It holds a lot of stuff till you go to use it, and then you can't find it. It all leaks out and goes somewhere else. Uh, and as I get older, it's worse about doing that. And I may not always remember the exact reference, chapter, and verse... But we can certainly make mental note and remember principles of Scripture and, and the quoting of the Scripture, and we ought to at least know the general, the general location of it. Uh, maybe the at least the Testament that it's in, Old or New. Um, every once in a while, Brother Harold would call me and he'll he'll say, "Pastor, I'm in, uh, and I, I'm in Isaiah." And you know, pause for me. He'll be like, "Now that's in the Old Testament, Pastor." <laughs> Make sure I know it's in the Old Testament. So we ought to know the general, general rule of where it's located, at least. And, and I would say this. I think you ought to know at least the, the book that it's in, the name of the book it's in. Now, when you get into, like, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you might not remember which of the, the ones that it's in, but you ought to at least know it's found in one of those three epistles that John wrote uh, or two of the epistles that Peter wrote or something along that line. You ought to at least have some general knowledge. And if nothing else, there are certainly tools that you can put on your phone, And uh, in your uh, that you look up on the uh, computer where you can look type in a partial phrase of a verse and it'll pop up the reference to you. Uh, But I would say this. We need to learn to handle God's word. Well, we need to have a working knowledge of God's word. When things come up in life or we get into discussions with people, we need to know the word of God and handle it. Uh, Brother Mark was sharing with me a little bit yesterday. He got a chance to meet with the fella, and uh, they were dealing with a particular doctrine, a particular subject in Scripture and being able to take him to Scripture and show him things from Scripture. Uh, what the Bible teaches vitally important that we know how to do that, that we can give an answer to people and at least point them in the right direction. I'm not at all opposed uh, to somebody saying, well, I'll have my pastor get with you on that, I'll be glad to do it. I may not know any more than you do on it, and I may have to look it up too. But I would say this, as as a Christian, we shouldn't have to be a pastor or an evangelist to study God's Word and to have a working knowledge of it. Every Christian ought to have that desire. Every Christian ought to study and say, I'm going to be able to, if somebody asks me, i want going to be able to give them an answer uh, of what the Bible says. And so, uh, if we're going to let the Word of God dwell in us richly with all wisdom, uh, we need to hear it, we need to study it, and learn how to handle it skillfully, how to handle it use, usefully. And I would say this. Uh, I don't know how long you've been saved. Some of you have been saved a short time. Some of you have been saved a long time. At the bare minimum, you ought to be able to go to a particular location in your Bible. You ought to know the books of the Bible in order. And when somebody says, hey, let's turn to uh, Hezekiah, you ought to know which which testament that's in. How many of you know which testament that's in? (laughs) There is no Hezekiah in Scripture, so... (laughs) all right so anyway I said that just that was a trick question by the way guys sorry about that so anyway uh, but you ought to know seriously you ought to know uh, if somebody says haggai or Daniel or Zephaniah or some of the ones that we don't always go to all the time Amos um, you know you ought to know where generally at least where in the in the Bible it's located and be able to flip there and get to it um, as Christians that's the least we ought to be able to do ought well, to be able to handle God's Word skillfully. And it's, it's uh, embarrassing, I think, to me when somebody asks me something that really ought to be basic knowledge for a Christian and I don't know the answer to it. And I would think it would be the same way in your, in your situation. If someone asked you something that is it's seemingly what we would call Christianity 101, if you will. The, the, the bare bones. Uh, when I was in college, uh, the first year when you went in freshman year, uh, you had to test... Uh, out of uh, what we call bonehead English and bonehead math. You had to take these tests. And basically what it meant was if you weren't at a certain level, you had to take it for one year without credit. And just to get you to a level so you could take college-level math or or English, or, or, language, or grammar. And, um, and so there's like that basics, the, the basics, the milk of the word kind of stuff, that we ought to, at the very minimum, we ought to be versed in that. We ought to know that. And so, you know, if we don't, let's, let's make some effort. Let's put some diligence to it. Study the Word of God. Uh, learn the books of the Bible. Learn what the Testaments are. Um, you ought to know why they call them Testaments. Old Testament, New Testament. Why it's divided that way. Uh, what, what is the central event that, that you know, gives them the division? Things like that. Uh, you ought to know some of these things. And so, I would say this, there ought to be a good familiarity with God's Word. Uh, I've, used, I've used, in fact, in fact, I rarely preach out of this Bible that I'm using right now. It's, it's falling apart. Um, it's, the, it's the second one I've had, but I, I hate to get rid of it because I don't remember passages a lot of times, but I can remember where it's located on the page and whether it's on a right-hand page or a left-hand page at this point a lot of times. And so, I hate to get rid of it because I can get to the book and then I just know I can look on the right-hand pages about right here and I'll find it. And I can flip through it quickly. So, familiarity. There's, a, there's something good about familiarity with your Bible. And uh, this idea of letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, uh, we need to learn to handle it well. Psalm 119, verse 11, you can turn there if you want to, but most of you can almost quote this by heart. And it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. And uh, the third thing I would say is we need to learn to hide God's Word in our heart. Memorize as much of it as you can. Memorize as much of it as you can. Uh, next week, we're going to have some young people here, and we, every year, give a list of verses. And we've learned over the years, We the first year we did it, I think we only did one side of one typewritten page, and like the first day, one of the kids was done with it and said, what do we do now? And... Uh, we started having to do like two or three pages front and back of verses of Scripture because these kids these kids would eat it up and memorize Scripture like you wouldn't believe. I think it's good to bear the yoke in your youth when your brain is sharper, you're able to do those things. But one of the things that i found in my life, and I think I've heard others say similar things, is as we get older, and that ability to memorize gets more and more difficult, we tend to use that as an excuse to not even try. And the truth is, we still can memorize. It may take more effort, but we still can. And we still ought to. As long as we're on this side of heaven, I think we ought to be busy hiding God's Word in our heart. And if you don't think that you can memorize, uh, just read that passage out loud uh, four or five times every single day. And you stay on that one verse or that one passage until one day you can say it without even looking at it. And you will have memorized it. All right, I promise you it will work. It may take some work. But it will work. And if we are going to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom. uh, We need to read it. We need to hear it. uh, We need to handle it well. And we need to hide it in our hearts. We need to memorize it. And then the last one I would give you is in Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. That's in the New Testament. Brother Harold. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2 and uh, verse number 16. Philippians chapter 2. Paul says this. Well, let's back up verse number 15. That ye be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a pervert, crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So, this is how we're the lights of the world, is by holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day. So here's a phrase, holding forth the word of life. Um, What does it mean to hold forth the word of life? I wrote down three words here, or three things here that I think are are important. Uh, Number one, we need to live it. We need to live it. If we're going to hold forth the word of life, one of the ways we need to do that is we need to live it. Um, I heard somebody say one time, and, and... it shocked me for a moment until I realized what they were saying. But they said the second best translation of Scripture is the King James Version. And I paused at that and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then they said the first, the greatest translation of it is the King James Version lived out in your life. Because that is what so many people see. Now, I don't know if I fully agree with this concept, or with the, with the statement, but I do agree with the concept of it that we need to not just stand for and hold fast to the King James Version. We need to live it. We need to apply it to our lives. And I think there's an importance to that. Uh, The Bible talks about the fact we're to shine as lights in this world. And if we're going to allow the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly with all wisdom, then I believe we need to hold it forth by living it. Secondly, by proclaiming it, preaching it, uh, the Paul told Timothy, "Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering." Uh, the Bible talks about the fact that we're to uh, to speak the word, speak the truth in love, and that we're to proclaim this thing to uh, the the world that we live in. And uh, uh, so, I think that holding it forth um, deals with these things. And then I would say this: We need to learn to defend it. We need to learn to defend the Word of God. Um, Give a defense of it. It, it. it stands on its own. But we need to rise up when people try to undermine it. They try to criticize it. And we need to come back at that and say, no, this is the Word of God. It's infallible. It's inerrant. And I believe that when it comes to holding forth the Word of God, that we need to not only live it, not only do we need to proclaim it, but we need to, we need to be steadfast in our position on it. We need to defend that position. That the Word of God is the sole and only authority of our faith and practice. Paul told the church of Colossae, he said, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. This is the flip side of the coin of being filled with the Spirit. Both of them have the same... Effects they they produce the same thing singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing making melody in your hearts the Lord and giving thanks to the Father and uh, submitting yourselves one to another husbands to the Lord wives to their husbands children to their parents servants to their masters and relationship issues all of those are dealt both in Ephesians and in Colossians when it talks about being filled with the Spirit and letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom they go hand in hand and if we're going to do this. We need to hear, read, understand the Word of God. We need to handle it well. We need to hide it in our hearts. And we need to hold it forth. With boldness and steadfastness, we need to live it. And we need to proclaim it. And I want to charge us in this area. Uh, we live in a day where our Bible is very rapidly being deteriorated and undermined. Kids are being trained from the very beginning in school not to trust it. And somewhere along the line, we need to once again in our Christian circles, at least in our Christian circles, uh, let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Saturate our lives with it. With all wisdom. And uh, propagate it to a lost and a dying world. Uh, Folks, we need to be ready to give an answer. And we're living in times where more and more this is needful. Uh, I think sometimes we're so... Careful about what we expose ourselves to, that we also are ignorant of what's going on in the world. And people will come to us and they will attack our faith. And if we're not ready for it, it will shake our faith. And at the least, we will give a poor accounting of what we hold to, and what the Bible stands for, and won't be able to share it with that person who needs it. So let me encourage you in this. All right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly uh, with all wisdom. And four ways to do that. All right? Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Thank you all for your. Um, your patience today and um, I hope that as we leave here we'll leave with messages on our hearts I know sometimes I'll get out of here and by Monday or Tuesday somebody will ask me and I I study so much and and preach so many messages somebody may ask me on Monday or Tuesday about a message and I'll be like I can't remember which one was that one Uh, let me encourage you on the messages today uh, let's dwell on them this week let's think about them meditate on them all right so take them with you let's pray together Father, thank You again for Your Word. And um, Lord, how it's such a blessing to us. Such a blessing to teach us, to guide our steps, to uh, exhort us in areas of our life that... uh,